This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hey there, cat lovers. Welcome to Nine Lives with Dr. Cat. I'm your host, Dr. Katherine Prim, and I'm a practicing small animal veterinarian and obvious cat lover. I love to bring things to my listeners about how to keep their cats happy and healthy. And for today's episode, I found someone who can talk with us about some things that maybe you don't know about. My guest today is Ellen Carosa, and she is a licensed veterinary technician, and she's going to teach us some things that you might not know about pheromones. So we'll be right back with Ellen after a quick break. Molly, here's your dinner. (coughs) Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your cat tree tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Nine Lives with Dr. Cat. I mentioned that we have with us Ellen Carosa today. Hi, Ellen. Hi, thanks for having me. It's very exciting because I'm kind of a science nerd, and so you're going to teach us some cool sciencey stuff and then some applications to use the cool sciencey stuff to make our cats' lives better. So um, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do and how you fell into this cat thing. Oh, gosh. Um, so I have been a licensed veterinary technician since the mid-90s. So I went to the uh, State University of New York at Delhi back in 94 and graduated in 96. And then from there, it's been a roller coaster ride of laboratory medicine versus mixed medicine. And I just d- didn't feel like cats really got the quality of care that they deserved. And I really liked working with cats versus any of the other species, including large animal. I also did that as well. And uh, in 2002, I actually found Capital Cat Clinic in Arlington, Virginia, and we're now Nova Cat Clinic. Um, we changed our names after the you know business practice changed. And I've been with them like nearly 20 years now, and I absolutely love what I do. Um, as a technician, my career has blossomed significantly. I actually do a lot of volunteer work for the American Association of Feline Practitioners, uh, the ISFM, which is the International Society of Feline Medicine. I run the Chris Griffey Memorial Feline Foundation, which is criticalkittens.org. And it's all about pediatrics and neonates on how they could get the medical care they deserve. And not only that, in turn, I actually get to teach veterinarians that pediatrics really has a place in medicine because you can't really be 
full circle medicine without your pediatrics, because those are your future patients. So I actually do quite a bit of outreach in veterinary medicine as well. And I lecture too. And I just absolutely, I love cats. I think there's absolutely fascinating and it's constantly evolving in medicine. Well, then you've come to the right place. So all of those things sound super interesting to me um, because I graduated in 96 too. So cats. All right. So the the main thing that interested me about talking to you is pheromones because I talk about pheromones a good bit here on this show. And I wanted to get some, I don't know, science nerd stuff from you about what are pheromones and where did they come from? Right. So pheromones in general, I mean, the mammalian species, I think everybody has their own pheromones in general that only your species can kind of like detect it. And there's very specific pheromones, especially in cats. Cats have three different types of pheromones. They have like a facial pheromone, which is like their reassurance pheromone. It's kind of like, like I've been here before and they rub up on things. And I like to call it the deja vu pheromone. And we'll get into that a little bit later. Then you have like the harmony pheromone, which is like you know, that, that motherly instinct kind of pheromone that the cats throw out during the part where they, you know, postpart tuition to when they're actually lactating and taking care of their babies. And it kind of goes on later in life with these cats. They recognize this pheromone. And then you have their pheromone with their feet, you know, that scratching pheromone that they know that someone's been there before. So, you know, it's just not one type of pheromone. There are multiple pheromones that signal different parts of the brain for what they're supposed to do. I mean, and they get really, really fascinating and you can go really in depth with them. But currently right now, there's really only three of them that are being paid attention to in feline medicine. So I think that that's really cool because human beings are a verbal species. So we do not rely on our pheromones as much, but think about how we would communicate if we didn't have words. I mean, obviously we wouldn't have this show, but you know, it'd be like leaving post-it notes. I tell my clients, you know, it's like your dog or cat leaving a post-it note on the trunk of the tree for the next one. And so, yes. So do you know who first invented them or discovered them or how to make them synthetic? No, but I know they have been going around. I don't know the exact person, but I know in the late 2000s, that's when it started becoming like a thing. And it only started out really with the F3 pheromone, which is the reassurance pheromone, which is around, you know, the cat's face, particularly the area in front of the ears where they have that kind of that, that patchy hair loss area that everybody thinks that there's something wrong with their cat. But in reality, that's one of the areas that they're really going to rub things on as well as around their muzzle. And that's the pheromone that everybody has been paying attention to up until just about maybe five years ago when the harmony pheromone started kind of coming into market and then the interdigit pheromone started coming in the market. But they have been around. They now have been, depending upon which company you're working with and you know, utilizing their product really kind of like makes a difference behind the science behind it and how it is utilized with like the percentages of the actual pheromone compared to any additives that, you know, kind of attract the cat as well. Well, I love that. That's fascinating. I, um, I asked you, you know, who thought of it and where it came from, because 
that's sort of fascinating. Like, I don't know, this is just a side note, but I learned that one of our products that we use to kill fleas was discovered because someone had an illegal still for illegal alcohol products somewhere on some island or something. And now this is what my sales rep told me. It might be completely a lie, but I thought it was fascinating. And they discovered that there were no insects around the still and that it was some sort of chemical that killed insects. And so that's how they uncovered it. It was actually an illegal operation that uncovered it. So that's why I asked you who discovered these. I wondered if you had some sort of, uh, I don't know, quirky, sensational story. I don't know. What you just said is actually pretty sensational too, because you never know when something's going to pop up and you're like, aha, check this thing out. And you're like, I would never think of that. Like who would have thought that, you know, illegal distillery would turn into something even more fascinating that belongs in veterinary medicine. It's phenomenal how science works. <laughs> I know. And that's why I'm such a science nerd. So <laughs> so we can go back to the pheromones, though, because you described three different types. So can you talk a little bit about what the uses for each of those might be? Right. So the F3 free, uh, you know, reassurance pheromone is basically that pheromone that they're going to mark some things with, especially like if you see your cat walking up against the edge of the stairwell, the couch, you even, and they rub their face and their head on things. That's that F3 reassurance pheromone of the cat leaving that quote unquote, your, you know, your post-it note saying like, you know, I was here and I really like this spot. So I'm going to make it mine. And so they leave their little sticker prints everywhere. And I think a lot of people really take for granted is the one that they actually, when they're rubbing up against you, because that's really important when cats actually rub their face up against a living object that they qu like quite a bit, especially like if it's another cat, if it's a dog or if they're human, that's them going, you know, you're part of, you know, my group. And I really, really like you. So I always take that F3 pheromone when they're actually rubbing their face on me as like, you know, wow, like I've been like led into like an elite group here. So when they're marking those areas, especially like in your house, like on a stairwell or something, and you'll actually see over time that these areas will, might get a little dirty in the house because they're leaving, you know, that little bit of that oily track that it leaves behind and it kind of gets thicker and thicker. And the other cats in the household will be like, oh, that's really his spot. So you have a whole bunch of post-it notes, kind of like when you see on Instagram, when someone's, you know, playing a joke on someone's car and they completely cover it in post-it notes over time. That's what the inside of your house looks like to a cat. When you walk, they walk into it, they're seeing all their post-it notes everywhere. And so there's basically like, this is mine, this is mine, this is mine, this is mine. And that's the easiest way you can think of it, the F3 pheromone. And then they're like, I love this place because this is mine. And you feel good when something is actually yours. So imagine your cat imprinting its entire self all over your home. So that's what it looks like to them. The harmony pheromone, um, again, like when I was discussing it earlier, is the pheromone that the queen will let out when it's post-parturition during the period of their lactating and over the time that the kittens are weaning. And a lot of people take neonates and pediatrics for granted. Um, they can't see anything. They really can't hear anything, but man, they have the best sense of smell. So why not create a pheromone for these queens to really kind of let these kittens know that I'm your mom. And so synthetically that was developed to kind of help cats. Like maybe we can give them this harmony pheromone too, that everybody's going to get along because there's going to be six to eight kittens on this queen and everybody has to get along. So the theory was, you know, if we made a synthetic pheromone of this, maybe we can 
kind of get back into that kitty cat's brain and teach them that, you know, everybody should get along as well. So think of that as like, you know, mom being there, we got some cookies in the oven, maybe an apple pie, you know, everybody feels good. And it's like a warm hug. That's the easiest way to describe these. Um, and neonates do respond to pheromones, whether or not it's an F3 pheromone or it's the harmony pheromone. So, you know, you can use them throughout their entire lifespan. It's from, you know, when they're born to all the, all the way till when they pass away. And then the interdigit pheromone that's available teaches cats where to appropriately mark, because these are the pheromones that you want to attract a cat to, and they use the interdigit pheromone for training purposes that you want to remove a cat away from, you know, say scratching or marking a surface that you don't want them to. So you, that's the training pheromone that a lot of uh, veterinarians will use to kind of, you know, hey, scratch here instead. So the ways that they're utilized really depends upon what we're working with in the home or in, you know, the shelter situation, et cetera. Um, they're incredibly versatile. Some of them out there, uh, like Be Serene, which is one of my favorites. I love the way it smells and I love how it's a lot stronger than a lot of the pheromones that are also out on the market. And the cats seem to be attracted to it quite a bit more simply because it has a little bit more oomph to it. I use it on everything. I use it even on myself because I want to make me appear more um, appealing to cats as well. So they're is a lot you can do with pheromones, um, but they work much better in a multimodal sense than on their own. That's the one thing everybody needs to realize. Well, I totally agree with you. When a cat rubs his or her face on me, I feel like I'm like in the club. Like, you know, my, my husband says, you know, he likes dogs because dogs love everybody. But to me, that's what makes a cat special. I think if a cat loves me, it just makes me feel good. I don't know. I, maybe that's my problem. <laughs> I, I think it, it makes you feel like you're like the popular girls club. Like yeah. it's like you really feel like you're part of the elite when a cat, especially one that doesn't take to certain people, but that cat like suddenly gives you this signal and actually puts you in their club. You're like, oh my gosh, I have like the best invitation in the world. And it really makes you feel good um, yeah. about the whole thing that you're like, I have the breakthrough moment with this cat. Nobody else did. Yep. So it's yep. a pretty awesome yep. feeling. We have that at work. And when that happens without pheromones, I guess it's even more special, but I use pheromones at work. And so I always have them on me too. And so now I don't really know if it's that I've made the cut or that, you know, I, I you know, I tried to get in with the popular girls and I just, you know, wore cooler clothes. I don't know, but I love pheromones too. So I'm glad that you are giving me some background on those. Let's take a real quick break and then we'll come back and talk with the listeners about learning the approaches for making these things work for us in our homes. So we'll be right back. How many of you have pets? My hand's raised. Now think about how lucky you are to have such a sweet little pet in your life. And that pet is lucky to have you too. But unfortunately, there are countless pets out there that don't have a home to call their own. However, Bob's from Skechers is trying to change that. So we developed Bob's for dogs and cats to help pets in need. With every purchase of adorable Bob's footwear or fun, stylish apparel, or even the cutest Bob's pet accessories, Skechers makes a donation to Petco Love to help save shelter pets. And with your 
your help, we've already saved the lives of over 1 million pets and raised over $7 million. So while you're getting style and comfort with features like Skechers' famous memory foam cushioning, you're also helping to save an adorable pet in need and helping another lucky owner be connected with a future best friend and companion because happiness is having a loving pet by your side. Find Bob's at a Skechers store, Skechers.com, select Petco locations, or wherever stylish footwear is sold. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Nine Lives with Dr. Cat on Pet Life Radio. So Ellen Carroza and I have been talking about pheromones, a little bit of my science nerd I don't know, stuff that I come up with. And then she has told us the different kinds of pheromones. But now I really want to talk with her about the multifaceted approach to behavior modification in cats and how pheromones could play a role. So, so Ellen, you mentioned that you think it's important that it is a multifaceted thing. So let's talk a little bit about that. Right. So I'm sure you've spoken to your audience before about like the, the, you know, the five feline pillars of like health for cats and the pheromones actually come into play in the five pillars of their health, particularly the environmental portion of it. So when we utilize pheromones, it's either can be used clinical use in practice, and we can, you know, dive into that a little bit deeper, but in the home setting, technically Pheromones tend to be used because cats are not getting along in the household or they are marking inappropriately in places. And so everybody sees these products and they say can be used for this, this, and this. And you normally see like a cat peeing on a wall or they're scratching a couch that they're not supposed to. And they go walking around the house and they, you know, spray everything everywhere. And what you need to pay attention to is that these pheromones actually have very explicit instructions on how they're supposed to be utilized for maximum efficacy. So in certain homes, you might be able to get away, especially if you live in a little teeny tiny apartment, might be able to get away just using a spray, especially if you only have like a problem if they're, you know, say scratching your couch or marking one specific wall. And so you can utilize the spray that way, or you can even utilize the spray on yourself to kind of make you more appealing to your pet. The diffusers actually flood the living space with the pheromone, because what happens is the cat pulls it in through their nose, it triggers the hypothalamus portion in the brain, and it sends all of these signals that it's going to trick the brain that everything is kind of pretty kosher in the household. And so when you make modifications in the environment and not just use the pheromones, you're using the pheromones in conjunction with changing the environment, you are going to have a ton more success because you have to make changes in the environment to make it more appealing to the cat and make it much more comforting to the cat. The pheromones simply add and enhance what you guys are doing in the household. So it's really important to have that behavioral guidance from your veterinarian that you are doing everything correctly and not just sticking something in the wall or spraying on your furniture and then, you know, crossing your fingers and hoping for the best. So the multifaceted approach really makes these pheromones shine over a period of time and actually have better results. Right. I tell my clients, um, there isn't a silver bullet to make your cat stop 
urinating outside the litter box, but there's ammunition and there are things that we can use together. So I'm so glad that you brought that up. And you didn't mention that, you know, urinating outside the box and, and damaging things. Those are certainly behaviors that might need a pheromone and a behavior modification, but there are other times that I know you might need some behavior modification um, in your home. Like there are some examples. Can you go into maybe some examples where you might want to do that? Right. So what if you have a new baby in the home and it's a little bit stressful, you might want to add some pheromones in there to kind of like, you know, Hey, everything's really good. New pet in the household. You know, you might want to add some pheromones into that. You also want to make sure that the animal's not having a medical problem that's causing these quote unquote, behavioral problems to pop up because a lot of medical problems can be, you know, have the same symptoms as a behavioral problem. So you want to rule those things out as well. But just adding minor stressors in the household can cause a cat to act out unappealing behavioral ways. And so pheromones might be part of the solution for the guys just to kind of like dampen the effects of the stress in the home. You know, I can't tell you how many times, and I bet you've heard it too, but I've had patients come in and the owner says, we think it's just because of stress. And actually, you know, it might be diabetes or it might be a urinary tract infection or whatever. So for all my listeners, if you're dealing with these, we're not saying, oh my gosh, this is definitely stress to spray some pheromones. We're saying include your veterinarian, start with your veterinarian. So that is an excellent point. I'm so glad you brought that up. Right. And what defines stress in cats? Well, so much. I mean, that could be an entire like eight hour talk alone on stress in cats and what causes it and how do you approach it and how do you actually reconnect and change the behavior of cats? And what a lot of people really also don't understand is that sometimes regardless on what you are doing, you are going to need the help of your veterinarian and it's going to take a long time to change these behaviors. And people really think like, you know, we're just going to give it a drug or we're going to use a pheromone. And in three days, my cat's going to be a completely different cat. So what people really lack is patience um, because you're going to see changes over a period of time versus immediate. If you're seeing immediate changes, it most likely wasn't the pheromone to begin with. That's, you know, making the massive difference. It's they took care of a different problem. And now you're seeing the trickle down effect of other things are starting to work. So patience is key when you're, you, when you're going at, you know, a multifaceted approach when you're using pheromones. I think any behavior, anything that's not quite right about your cat you need to start with your veterinarian. And and I know that seems sort of self-serving since I am a veterinarian, but it really is the truth. Right. No, I, I completely agree. I think, you know, a lot of people don't utilize their veterinarians enough when it comes to behavioral problems. They just think you're like, you're, you're going to get a magic pill and you're going to go on your merry way and see you in six weeks. And that's not what it's about. It's a big process. I don't think people really realize how much a behavioral consult really isn't involving in the veterinary practice. And, you know, a lot of cats do have behavioral issues, uh, whether good or bad, but it also might be normal for the species that people are coming in about the cats. And then you have to kind of like re-educate your client about like, wait, no, that's normal. We're having a problem here. So this is how we can go ahead and, and, you know, solve it here. So it is a very much a medical approach to it. And it's almost like you're having like a little, you know, psychiatry appointment for these cats to figure out like what's causing this, what's triggering it. And, let's make everybody in the household happy. And that's really what it's about is making everybody happy because if the owner's not happy, well, then the likelihood of that cat staying in the home goes down if they're not happy. 
well and the cat won't be happy if the owner's not happy because no. they're so tuned in. So absolutely. Yeah. We allow an hour for a behavior consult at my hospital because it is such a big deal. Now, when um, you talked about what you do, you mentioned that you do some volunteer work and some other things. Are there maybe some things you might want my listeners to know or how to find you or, or maybe how to learn more about the other things that you do? Right. So I'm always on Instagram. I'm on TikTok. I'm on Facebook and you can either find me at the cat LVT or the Chris Griffey Memorial Feline Foundation, which is criticalkittens.org. Um, it is named after one of my assistants who, um, you know, decided to take his life several years ago. And we decided to honor his name by continuing on in his social service background um, and helping other animals in veterinary medicine. So what we do is basically provide the medical care that's needed for shelter and rescue animals that need advanced care that they can't pay for, or the other clinicians want to learn how to actually take care of them appropriately. And we've been very successful. I actually got an award for one of the best Northern Virginia rescues and fosters uh, award this year. So it makes me very proud that we're actually doing a lot of outreach and teaching everybody. And uh, yeah, that's basically where you find me. It's usually online. And you know, I, I'm very responsive to our audience. Uh, I love interacting with everybody and I love educating. So that's all what it's about. Well, congratulations. That's wonderful. Now about the products that we talked about, how can, can my listeners find the products? Right. So my favorite one that I, I personally use is Be Serene, and you can find it on Chewy. You can find it on their website. And their product is 50% stronger of what you can currently see on the market by their other brands that are out there. And they also have a nice attractant in it with of catnip oil versus some of the other volatile smelling ones. This one is actually quite pleasant. Um, and I actually spray it on myself. I utilize it in the hospital on towels and, you know, in our cubicles, but you can find them online. Um, just look up Be Serene and you will have a very happy cat. It has made our hospital cat her behavior is distinctly different when we started using this product in conjunction with a lot of the behavioral modifications with her. And unfortunately, just to give you a little background on her to kind of tell you how well the product works is she was part of our foundation kittens and was adopted out at about, you know, nine weeks of age. And five years later, she was returned for some massive behavioral issues that the owner said, quote unquote, she was quite aggressive. And unfortunately, it was redirected aggression because she was having small outbursts in the home and they were inappropriately paying attention to those uh, behaviors. And so it became a vicious cycle of they paid attention to when she was being bad. And it, that to her, that was her being normal. And so it eventually got out of control and she was starting to actually hurt people in the home. And so we had her and it took a year to really modify her behavior. And we were still having a little bit of difficulty. And so Scientia sent me some B Serene to try out on her and using her, the diffuser in her room. And within about two weeks, we saw a significant difference in her behavior that she just seemed more calm and a little bit more happier. And so we keep this continually plugged in and, you know, I've used other products in the past, the, the competitors, um, and I can say for a fact that I'm much happier with B Serene than I have been with the other products that I've previously used. Huge difference in her behavior. 
Wow. Well, any product is good. I know that I see cats a lot of times for fighting among cats in a multi-cat household. And so can you just sort of touch on that before we run out of time? Sure. So the intercat aggressions, um, which a lot of people think it's, it's full on fighting. And sometimes it doesn't have to be full on fighting. Sometimes it's, you know, they look at each other the wrong way. Um, Sometimes they don't have enough territory in the home that, you know, they don't want to share these certain spots. So they call them microaggressions. And it's literally them, you're in my space, and I don't even want you sitting next to me. This is how angry I am. And so these tiny microaggressions tend to be ignored until they absolutely escalate into the big problems. And that's typically when you wind up seeing them in your practice is when it's escalated to the point that the owner now says, we have a problem in the home. And you go ahead, you take a look at them and you, you know, kind of go down the list of what they have been describing to you. And you're like, wow, this has been going on for quite a while. So the microaggressions, you really need to pay attention to. Do they have their own bowls of food? Are they away from each other? Do they each have their own places to sleep? Is there enough vertical territory in the home? Are there enough scratchers in the home? You know, so it really is like having kids that you have to buy two of each at many times, including litter boxes. You have to have, you know, the rule of thumb is that one litter box per cat plus one extra. Sometimes you need to have two extra per litter box. Um, They really do like their own space and paying attention to subtle microaggressions will actually kind of get you in tune to your cats a little bit more and then you'll understand them better and actually curb behaviors before it escalates. Well, I talk about that a lot and I see a lot when they come to my office, I start asking questions and they're like, you know, it is true. They can see a wild cat out the window or whatever, you know, um, but this has been just a really, really educational interview today. Thank you so much for joining me. Well, thank you for having me. I always enjoy talking to everybody, especially if it's about cats. You have my attention. (laughs) Mine too. So I want to thank my listeners because you guys are so loyal and you're the reason that we um, keep doing this fun stuff. And also my amazing producer, Mark Winter. Now, I want all of you guys to go out and have a perfect day. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLightRadio.com.